0: And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of June 10.
1: In the news, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov visits Armenia, says that Armenia will control any transportation links between Azerbaijan and Nagychevan. The chief of the general staff of the Armenian Armed Forces will be subordinated to the Minister of Defense and become the first Deputy Minister of Defense. And an investigation has been launched following violent clashes between protesters and police in the country's capital.
0: This week, Russia's Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov was in Armenia to participate in the Foreign Minister's Council of the Collective Security Treaty Organization, CSTO. During his visit, Lavrov met his Armenian counterpart, Ararat Mirzoyan, and Armenia's Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan. After a closed-door meeting, Mirzoyan and Lavrov held a press conference.
1: During that press briefing, Ararat Mirzoyan said that the talks with Lavrov were constructive and honest, touching upon bilateral as well as regional and international issues. Mirzoyan stress that the Armenian-Azerbaijani normalization process and a resolution of the nagorno karabakh conflict were at the center of the talks with the Russian foreign minister.
0: Speaking about the opening of regional communication links, Sergei Lavrov noted that transportation routes linking Armenia and Azerbaijan are being finalized, adding that these links will operate with a simplified border control regime and will remain under the sovereignty and jurisdiction of the country through which they pass.
1: Lavrov also stated that there is no alternative to the normalization of Armenian-Azerbaijani relations and that talks between the two countries are based on the proposals presented by Azerbaijan and Armenia. He also added, that Russia is ready to provide consultancy to the sides in the border delimitation negotiations as well as uh, provide maps that it has on hand. Speaking about the
0: Russian peacekeeping mission in Artsakh, Mirzoin noted that Yerevan is hopeful that the peacekeeping forces will manage to restore the status quo ensuing from the November 9, 2020 statement, meaning that Azerbaijani armed forces will have to withdraw from the Karagelukh Hill near the village of Paruch in Artsakh.
1: In this regard, Lavrov noted that the Parukh uh, issue will be resolved in the framework of the Armenian-Azerbaijani border delimitation process. Um, After he said these remarks, Azerbaijan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs reacted to Lavrov's statement, saying that the Armenian-Azerbaijani border demarcation concerns only the Armenian-Azerbaijani border and does not concern its, quote, domestic territories. At first, it was not clear if Lavrov even knew where Parukh was. It appears that there was some confusion on his part, and this was confirmed when the Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs website corrected what Lavrov actually said during the press conference.
0: Well, during the press conference, Lavrov was asked what actions the peacekeepers are taking to return the Azerbaijani armed forces who entered Parukh to their pre-March 22 positions. In response, Lavrov stated that the situation in Parukh is one of the priorities of the Russian forces. There are already certain results on the ground in terms of de-escalating the situation, and this is direct code. And we understand that within the works of the Border Commission, which has already started, these issues will also be considered and will definitely be resolved.
1: However, on the website of the Russian MFA, Lavrov's response to the questions is presented as follows. We believe that the demarcation process which has started will raise the level of trust between Armenia and Azerbaijan and will lead to the prevention incident similar to Paruch in the zone of responsibility of the Russian peacekeeping forces.
0: Well, during the press conference, Mirzoyan also spoke about the ongoing issues of Armenian POWs being held in Azerbaijan. He stressed that by refusing to implement the November 9 statement, Azerbaijan is violating international humanitarian laws. He expressed hope that Russia will step in to ensure the return of the remaining Armenian POWs and detainees.
1: Lavrov also met uh, Armenian Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan and President Vahagan Khachadurian. Pashinyan and Lavrov discussed issues related to the Armenian Russian strategic partnership, regional issues, the settlement of the nagorno karabakh conflict and the normalization process of Armenian-Azerbaijani relations. Pashinyan said that while there are many facets to Armenian-Russian relations, the critical issues at the moment are related to the regional situation, security and the settlement of the nagorno karabakh conflict, including the opening of regional communications and the normalization of relations between the two countries.
0: Bashinian also stated that the second meeting of the Border Commission is already planned to be held in Moscow and the third meeting will be held in Brussels, adding that Armia expects the support of Russia for this process to take place, proceed normally and be effective.
1: Russia is committed to deepening its strategic partnership and allied cooperation with Armenia. Lavrov said, adding that Moscow welcomes the start of the work of the Border Commissions, calling it an important step. He added that Russia will start preparing for the meeting in Moscow with the participation of Russian representatives who will provide, as we said earlier, consulting services, including maps.
0: Before arriving in Yerevan, Lavrov was in Turkey on an official visit where he met with his Turkish counterpart, Mevlut Cavusoglu. The Russian Turkey. Inter- Turkish foreign ministers discussed turkey armenia and Ar- azerbaijan armenia talks as well as the so-called three plus three format lavrov said that the next meeting in this format will take place very soon without specifying exactly when or where the first meeting of the three plus three format took place in moscow back in january although the format is still called three plus three georgia has announced on several occasions that it does not intend to participate in any regional format where russia is involved lavrov stated that During the last meeting, their Georgian colleagues could not participate, expressing hope that they will be able to participate this time.
1: On June 6, the Parliamentary Assembly of the CSTO took place in Yerevan. It was chaired by the chairman of the CSTO Parliamentary Assembly and the Russian State Duma, Vyacheslav Volodin, Issues related to multifaceted cooperation among CSTO member states were discussed during the session. The the CSTO Foreign Minister's Council also took place in Yerevan.
0: And while wrapping up the session with Stanislav Zaz, the Secretary General of the CSTO, Foreign Minister Art Mizuan stated that rapid response mechanisms of the CSTO were discussed during the meeting, noting that the organization reacted to the events taking place in Kazakhstan in January in a timely manner, yet the Azerbaijani incursion into the sovereign territory of Armenia in May of last year has still not been addressed.
1: On June 3, the meeting of the Trilateral Working Group, composed of the Deputy Prime Minister's of Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Russia, tasked with opening regional communications, took place in Moscow. Their last meeting took place uh, in December last year, again in Moscow. During the meeting, the sides clarified their positions regarding border and customs monitoring and discussed possible routes of highways, which will link the western regions of Azerbaijan to its exclave, Nachichevan, through Armenia. No further details about the meeting have been made public.
0: And protests calling for the resignation of Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan and his government have entered the sixth week now. Last week on June 3, violent clashes erupted between the police and protesters when the latter tried to break through the police barricades and enter the area of the official residence of the Prime Minister and the police used stun grenades. Over 60 people were hospitalized, more than half were police officers. According to the Investigative Committee of Armenia, 15 people have been charged for violent behavior during the demonstrations. An investigation has been launched to determine whether the use of force by the police was appropriate.
1: Yesterday, the protesters held a rally in front of uh, the foreign ministry building when Mirzoyan and Lavrov were meeting. And today, um, the protesters, who call themselves the resistance movement, gathered in front of the presidential building where the CSTO Foreign Minister's Council took place. According to the organizers, the objective of the demonstration was to inform Armenia's strategic partner, that is Russia, that Pashinyan, with whom they are negotiating, does not represent the people of Armenia.
0: And speaking about the ongoing protests on June 8, three parliament members from the opposition Armenia Alliance entered Health Minister Anahit Avanesyan's office to express their discontent regarding her statements that acts of violence by protesters must be investigated by the police. She was referring to the June 3 clashes. The protesters threw photos of fallen soldiers at the minister announcing that her statements disrespect their memory.
1: The day before, protesters had gathered in front of the EU delegation office in Yerevan demanding that the EU condemn the use of force by the police last week. The following day, during a conference uh, entitled Judiciary as a Guarantor of Democracy, the head of the EU mission in Armenia, Andrea Victorin, stated that the EU is closely following the protests taking place in Yerevan, calling on both sides to take steps toward easing tensions.
0: Victorin also stated that it is very important that citizens express their concerns freely and that the police avoid using force. The EU ambassador also noted that certain events that happened during the protests must be invested investigated, adding that some cases have already reached the courts.
1: Yesterday, the government approved a bill that would make the position of the chief of the general staff of the armed forces subordinate to the minister of defense. The chief of the general staff would become the first deputy minister of defense, with the office of the general staff no longer handling procurement for the army. The government called the implementation of these uh, changes very pressing and sent the bill to parliament.
0: With the current law, the Office of the General Staff of the Armed Forces is responsible for the operational, technical, and logistical support of the armed forces. According to the Minister of Defense, Suren Babikyan, the only thing that the army should be busy with is raising the combat effectiveness of the armed forces. Other tasks will be carried out by different, mainly civilian departments of the Ministry of Defense.
1: As a reminder, Armenia's last general chief of staff of the armed forces, Artak Davtyan, was sacked in February in connection with a criminal case um, regarding faulty defense missiles in which former defense minister David Donoyan is also involved.
0: And this week, speaking of David Tonoyan, Tonoyan's lawyers demanded an open court session for the ongoing trial of the former defense minister. The session lasted only one hour. During the hearing, Tonoyan's defense team reminded that Tonoyan is being prosecuted for purchasing missiles which were in an inappropriate technical condition. However, they argued that the general staff of the armed forces does not have any criteria defining the appropriate
1: technical condition of a missile. The defense team also stated that while Donoyan is accused of purchasing the missiles when there was no real need for them, there are documents in the office of the general staff proving that at the time when the missiles were purchased, there was, in fact, a need for them. After the defense argued their case, the judge announced that he can present his position on the evidence that had been presented only in a closed session um, because of the classified nature of those documents.
0: Well, Dunoyan's defense team has been demanding to hold open court hearings for months, arguing that in that case they can prove that the authorities have no real evidence against the former defense minister.
1: Also, the administrative court rejected former chief of the general staff. Only, we have a lot of former chiefs of general staff. <laughs> Uh, only Kasparian's, <laughs> Kasparian's claim against Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan and former President Armin Sarkisian. Kasparian tried to challenge his dismissal in court. As a reminder, Kasparian was dismissed last year after he and around 40 high-ranking military generals publicly demanded the resignation of Pashinyan. Kasparian's lawyer stated that they have not received the verdict yet, adding that after getting acquainted with the justification for rejecting the claim, they will decide whether to appeal the decision or not.
0: And uh, last week, we reported that EU special representative to the South Caucasus, Tovio Klar, was in Armenia. And uh, following our podcast last week, Klar has given an interview to Azad Utsun TV and said that the nagorno karabakh conflict cannot be resolved without taking into consideration the opinion of the Armenians of Artsakh.
1: Klar arrived in the region after the president of the European Council, Charles Michel, published a statement in response to claims by Azerbaijan's president, Ilham Aliyev, that the international community agrees with the Azerbaijani position, that the nagorno karabakh conflict has been resolved and that Baku will get its so-called Zankezur Corridor.
0: And while in Yerevan Tovyoklar also met Prime Minister Pashinyan, Foreign Minister Art Zoyan, and Deputy Parliament Speaker and Special Envoy for the Armenian-Turkish Dialogue Ruben Rubinian. the implementation of agreements stemming from br- the Brussels meetings, Armenian-Turkish relations, and the situation in the region were discussed during the meetings.
1: And on June 8, Deputy Prime Minister Meher Grigorian met U.S. Ambassador to Armenia Lynn Tracy to discuss regional developments and U.S. support for a negotiated long-term support. Settlement to issues related to and resulting from the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. Also
0: this week, Deputy Assistant Secretary for the Bureau of Democracy, Human Rights, and Labor, Karad MacDonald, was in Armenia for meetings with government officials and democracy, free speech, and human rights advocates. According to a statement issued by the U.S. Embassy in Yerevan, the United States is committed to working with Armenia to strengthen the bilateral partnership based on shared democratic values, including respect for human rights and fundamental freedoms.
1: And also last week, the U.S. State Department published its 2021 report on international religious freedom. According to the report, there were numerous um, cases and reports during the year of vandalism and destruction of Armenian cultural and religious sites, as well as deliberate actions by the Azerbaijani government to sever and distort the connection of religious sites to their Armenian heritage. The report notes that the government's actions and rhetoric, stating churches were uh, Caucasian-Albanian, prompted international observers, Armenian officials, civil society representatives, and the Armenian Apostolic Church to express grave concerns about the preservation of Armenian ties to historical and religious sites that are now under Azerbaijani control.
0: And in its 2021 report on Turkey, the European Parliament again called on Ankara to pave the way for genuine reconciliation between the Turkish and Armenian peoples, including settling the dispute of the Armenian genocide and to fully respect the obligations to protect Armenian and other cultural heritage. The statement expressed hope that this may lead to a dynamic of normalization of relations in the South Caucasus. The European Parliament also commends the recent rapprochement between Between Turkey and Armenia with regards to the decision to start bilateral contacts, the appointment of special representatives and the resumption of flights between the two countries, considers this attempt a highly positive development which has a positive impact on prosperity and security in the region.
1: It is not the first time that the European Parliament uh, is urging Turkey to recognize the Armenian genocide. It has done so in annual reports on Turkey and a resolution adopted in April 2015 on the centennial of the Armenian genocide. The European Parliament recognized the Armenian genocide back in 1987.
0: The president of the Venice Commission, working on the areas of democratic institutions, uh, fundamental rights, constitutional justice, and ordinary justice, Claire bazy was visiting Armenia this week and met with Prime Minister Pashinyan and other officials.
1: The sides exchanged views on the agenda of bilateral cooperation, including the contribution of the Commission in the constitutional reforms in Armenia. Pashinyan stressed that one of the government's priorities remains the institutional reform of the judiciary, for which continuous efforts um have been uh, you know put into place to ensure the quality of justice confidence in the judiciary and social guarantees for judges which he said were very important. Claire Bezi Mallory also
0: noted that she shares the views of the prime minister and that the Venice Commission will support the government, the Constitutional Court of the Republic of Armenia, in this process with its tools. Prime Minister Pashinyan noted that the government is determined to implement the reform agenda, attaching importance to the support of the Council of Europe and European structures on this path.
1: The Constitutional Reforms Council was formed in January this year, and one of its major tasks is to the switch back to a presidential form of government. According to the government program, the discussions on the reforms package are to be concluded by the end of this year.
0: This week, the caucus's Research Resource Center published its annual Caucasus barometer report for 2021. The field work for the report was carried out in December 2021 through February of this year. Here are some of the interesting results of the survey. 84% of respondents stated that they use social networks to receive news and information about politics in the country. 56% of respondents noted that in general social media has a negative impact on the general situation in Armenia. 59% said that the biggest failure of the Pashinyans government's since 2018 was the defeat in the 2020 Artsakh War.
1: Um, Some more figures. 67% of respondents stated that the dissolution of the Soviet Union was negative for Armenia, while 56% stated that they are living in worse conditions than in Soviet times. 41% um, stated that the lack of peace is the main challenge facing the country now. In 2019, uh, you know, in comparison, the biggest challenge was considered to be unemployment. Um, 80% of respondents believe that they can freely express themselves under the current regime. 82% stated that they had positive expectations from the 2018 revolution, while 56% stated that their expectations were not met. And still more figures, Uh, 46% believe that Armenia
0: is a democracy with many problems, and 22% said that Armenia is a democracy but with little problems. 59% were not happy with the work of the current parliament, and 54% uh, were not happy with the way state officials are appointed in the government's 78% 78% of the respondents believe that in the end everything will be good in Armenia.
1: That's a really interesting figure, isn't it? It's not,
0: not a very specific kind of optimism <laughs> right. on our part.
1: Well, the most trusted institution in the country, according to the report, is the Office of the Human Rights Defender. That was about 61%, followed by the army at about 58%. The least trusted, Rubina, is mass media. 55% don't trust the media. Um, and just and just get your news from the social media. <laughs> yeah, well, sixty-six percent responded that the forty-four day war in Artsakh was unavoidable, and fifty-two percent are against opening regional communication routes. The sample size of the survey was one thousand six hundred forty-eight people. Fifty-five percent of respondents were female, while forty-five were men.
0: This is a very painful and ongoing piece of news. Right, uh, not the survey. (laughs) Well, 11 people have been charged within the ongoing criminal investigation concerning the illegal adoption of over 30 Armenian children. According to the investigation, 15 to 25,000 euros were paid for adopting one child from Armenia over the span of 15 years, and over 1 million euros were paid for the adoption of children from Armenia overall. Mm -hmm.
1: In 2019, Armenia's National Security Service broke up a network of people consisting of you know they're saying ordinary citizens and medical professionals who arranged uh, the adoption of these children mainly through forcing vulnerable women to give up their newborns for adoption
0: all well, this week, Armenia's Prosecutor General Arthur Daftian was in Artsakh for an official visit and met his counterpart in Stepanakert and other officials. Baku responded to the visit, calling it a move which endangered the Armenian-Azerbaijani normalization process. According to Azerbaijan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs, with such actions, Armenia demonstrates that it is not serious about the talks between the two countries.
1: And finally, starting this fall, we will start to see Shell gas stations in Armenia. Negotiations to bring Shell uh, into the Armenian market uh, started back in 2017. Shell is a British Dutch energy company, and yeah, it's everywhere. <laughs> well, that's the kind of week we've had here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend, and we will be back again next Friday.